Ah, yes. History in Waco. The Bears dominate KU. Scott Drew gets his third straight win against the Jayhawks in Waco. And this, getting too easy, is Locked on Baylor. You are Locked on Baylor, your daily podcast on the Baylor Bears. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Welcome to Locked On Baylor. Drake Toll from Sports Illustrated. It's inside the Bears, alongside Isaac Shade from College Basketball. Locked On College Basketball's podcast. Uh, and look, this game was big enough for Baylor and Kansas that it belongs on Locked On College Basketball. So a crossover today. Thank you for making our shows your first listen every single day. We've been plugging, plugging Isaac for a while and the Bears. Isaac, Scott Drew has won five of his last 10 against Kansas. That's only 500, but prior to that, Baylor was 4-30 and 30 against the Jayhawks. Three straight home wins against KU. They beat the number nine team in the country, and the students didn't even storm the court. I, I, more so even than talking about this individual game, tonight was a culture display for Baylor. 100% it was and, and I, I like I love it. You got you got celebrities on hand and and Joe's wearing a silos hat. Lots of fun stuff there. Jay Billis is over there. John Shami, they're taking pictures with him. It's great stuff. I love not storming the court because it shows we're Baylor and we're just as on top of this national college basketball conversation as Kansas is yeah. right now. And um boy, what a just massive opportunity a massive win for Baylor for Scott Drew and boy they are coming alive at just the right time LJ Cryer tonight I mean look he didn't have a great second half but 19 points in the first half comes out firing that was the biggest part of this game for me was all right I I think Baylor's going to start hot that's what they've done in a couple games this season but how do they sustain that And it was guard play, even against Grady Dick and Jalen Wilson, who are so good. Baylor's were better. They they are. And I've I've said it over and over and over, even as Baylor scuffled earlier this season, that Baylor to me is the most dynamic, as they have been the last couple seasons, the most dynamic backcourt in all of college basketball. Big statement. Big statement there. All of college basketball. I believe it. Like I'm not just saying this because it's you and I talking. Like I have said, I think they're the best three guard starting lineup in the country. I mean, you just and, and when these guys, when when Adam Flagler, when LJ Cryer, and <clears throat> excuse me, when Keontae George bring it all together, it it's incredible. And in this game, they didn't even need much Keontae George. He just had eight points in this one, shot zero of five from three. But yeah. when you had LJ, like that first half for LJ Cryer was something different, man. And the, the back and forth of these two, t- like in like the last from like minute eight to about minute four, when they were just trading threes back and forth, that was just fun, high level basketball between two great Big 12 teams. Yeah, I'm the the crazy part of all of this to me. This is the second game in a row that you've seen Baylor offensively struggle. Uh, struggles not an an overreaction. They shot thirty seven percent to Kansas forty six percent, but they forced turnovers, fifteen turnovers, and it was nineteen to eight. They led the points off turnovers battle. This game was built. You said it earlier on defense. Baylor has that's the one thing that they've all year long. Like all right. What are we not very good at right now? It's been defense, but 
Isaac, to me, this was a Baylor D, and it has been the last couple of games, that is a complete 180 from that 0-3 stretch they had just a couple weeks ago. Yes, it absolutely is. Because You, you mentioned Jalen Wilson, Grady Dick. They got theirs. They're going to do that. Combined yeah. for 47 of Kansas, 69 points. Yay. What they did was they shut off the other valves. KJ Adams only had four points. He's been great for Kansas lately. Dewan Harris, more of a facilitator, but still, he scores often. Only had two. Kevin McCuller had 14, but then this is key. You look at it. When you're getting into Kansas's bench, MJ Rice, another stud freshman who Bill Self criminally underuses, and I don't get it, had the only two bench points for all of Kansas's roster tonight. So mm. 67 of their 69 come from the starters, and when you're like sometimes it's just one of those where you pick your poison. It's like, you know what? Jalen Wilson, go off. Grady Dick, shoot the lights out. We're going to shut down a couple guys. And tonight that was KJ Adams and Dewan Harris. Yeah, yeah worse to perfection. Baylor goes from the 957 mark. This is nuts. From the 957 mark in the second half to the 255 mark. That is seven minutes and two seconds. Zero field goals. Zero field goals. Zero field goals. And that's where the game was won. They they forced turnovers. They got to the free throw line. They held the ball in, in spades on multiple possessions. And they got offensive rebounds. They were just draining clock and controlled the offensive board all night against Kansas. Now, last night when this is airing. And and you get a win where Bill Selva, he said in the postgame press conference, I, I, mean, I asked him because Mike Boynton's team mentioned that Baylor did not force uh, Oklahoma State's hand, even in a 15 point mm-hmm. win, they didn't take the defense, made them uncomfortable. And Bill Self said that Baylor kept Grady Dick and Jalen Wilson from getting their shots, and they still put up over 45 points combined, which to me, again, says a lot about what Baylor's defense did. And, and efficiently so. Like Jalen Wilson went 10 for 16, Grady Dick 8 for 13, both shot well from three, a combined right, five. Which is 12. them shooting uncomfortable shots, apparently. Yeah, it is. But I mean, legitimately, both of these got like Jalen Wilson is a legitimate national player of the year candidate Absolutely. alongside Zach Eady. Grady Dick is easily one of the top five. Like if we're making an all freshman first team All American, Grady Dick is right there at the top of that, along with Brandon Miller and a couple other guys. Like, I'm putting him in that conversation. And Keontae George would obviously be there as well. And so that's another thing I love about this game that we haven't even talked about, is this is two of the best freshmen in America, which is super-duper fun there. But, um, I mean, you you talked about the rebounding, Drake. I want to go back there for a second. For, Mm -hmm. For Baylor, I mean, they win the rebounding battle overall just by two, but you look at it, man. They're almost dead even with offensive and re- and defensive rebounds. 17 yeah. offensive rebounds, 18 rebounds. When you're attacking the glass uh, with that level of just violence, when you're a team that utilizes three guards regularly, man, that's something different. And and let's I haven't even mentioned Langston Love yet. Like we we talked about Cryer and George and Flagler, but you, you mix in Love's 11 points, and those four guys combined for 58 of Baylor's 75, just doing work. Yeah, I, the the offensive boards were nuts. He it's Scott Drew said post game that Jonathan Chamwa Chachua is a big reason why. To which I was confused. Uh, apparently, he's practicing now. He's yeah. on the floor in practice. And Scott said, if you don't fight for rebound, then John will throw you down. It's like, can John, I thought John was in a wheelchair? What are we doing right now? Uh, but his trajectory, like of, of all the things that I was expecting to hear post game press conference, now you might get JTT back too uh, in a March Madness for you know scenario. The, the, 
Isaac, this Baylor team that was 0-3, and we were all wondering what's going on a couple of weeks ago. Myself, I was wondering what was going on. <laughs> they are good again. They are. And listen, man, if JTT gets back, I, I saw him uh, pregame working out on the court with the team, getting some shots up. Mm. Uh, from everything I'm hearing, the, the timeline for his return is still like kind of undetermined. But But boy... If he could get back and is in any kind of, I mean, that's the thing. Like, not it's not just about getting back, but it's about game shape and and what he looks like, right? And that's going to take time, especially coming off not just a knee injury, but where there were nerve ending issues. Man, that, that's difficult to do. Mm-hmm. But if he can be seventy to eighty percent of himself, and e- even if he doesn't take over the starting spot from Flo Thamba, like if he can give Thamba legit backup minutes, yeah. Come on, man. That's just unfair. And obviously this team is going to be massively battle tested coming out of the best conference in college basketball. And uh, there's there is reason for hope on the horizon, both short term and the rest of the season. Now, Isaac, before we get to Scott Drew and clips from his press conference, uh, you've got the national show, man. This is the stuff that's going to air everywhere. So I want to turn it over to you. And we've got the blue screen here. Let you be the host for a little bit and give your glaring big picture questions about this Baylor team. But first, Isaac, what is your favorite thing about FanDuel? Oh, man, my favorite thing about FanDuel is that where I live in Missouri, I can only play the fantasy game and I can't Uh. do the sports line betting yet. But no, seriously, I love FanDuel. It's where I have always done all of my daily fantasy sports betting. So I love it. Yeah, FanDuel is is the place it's number one sports book in America too. So all the, all the odds that we get right now are via FanDuel, and it makes it super succinct. And if you join today, you can get started with $150 in free bets. That is guaranteed. Whenever you placed a $5 bet, you basically get $150 in free play right now. FanDuel.com slash locked on. It is your, all, all your favorite bets from money lines, point spreads, teasers, player props, you name it, the NFL is going on a same game parlay. This weekend, you've got the AFC, the NFC championship games as well. It's safe, it's secure, it's super easy to use. Football fans, don't miss out. $5, you get $150 in free play at fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Drake, thank you so much for turning over the Baylor hosting hat to me. This is Isaac Shade, the host of Locked on College Basketball. I am joined today by the host of Locked on Baylor, Mr. Drake. Told does great work there for the team out of Waco, Texas. And Drake, here's where I want to start with this game. Baylor and Kansas have played 44 times in the history of this series. And this is the first ever time that Baylor has won back-to-back games in the series i mean that is insane to me what what does that mean for this program that has risen over the past half decade or so to national prominence unheard of scott drew is doing work but what does it mean to do this against the big 12 perennial front runner the kansas jayhawks you know, the the Kansas game was a 15-year anniversary of Baylor beating Texas A&M in five overtimes in the first ranked game under Scott Drew. And tonight felt so fitting to me, last night, what was it, felt so <laughs> fitting to me because the students didn't rush the court. I, like, mm. this is such a culture moment that Baylor knocks off top 10 Kansas. And who would have ever seen this coming 15 years ago? And the students are like, oh, yeah, well, that's a... 
It's kind of what we do. It's a normal <laughs> Baylor win. The fact that this was a normal win, uh, or has become that at least, says so much about Scott Drew. That was the telltale for me. The students didn't rush the court, which just makes me smile. Scott said post game, like, I'm sorry. Like, I, I don't really know what we could do to rush the court at this point. We've kind of reached the apex of college sport. So that is is this win against Kansas. And again, this this win that puts Scott Drew at five and five against Jayhawks in the last ten matchups, coming off of four and thirty not too long ago. Um, it's it shows the Baylor's there. They're where they want to be mm-hmm. in college basketball. And and that's something that twenty years ago not a lot of people saw coming. Drake, I mean, just as recently as about two, two and a half weeks ago, people were basically leaving Baylor for dead. They were sitting at 10 and five overall. It's me, Isaac. I'm, I'm people. Uh, that was me. <laughs> oh, and three in big 12 play. But, but let me contextualize those losses. If I may, what a neutral court loss to Virginia. Like we're, we're talking to all the losses who to me, I know Clemson's on top of the ACC right now. Virginia's should project to win that conference. Probably. Uh, a loss to Marquette. Nobody really know knew at that point who they were. Marquette is legitimate uh, shot at winning the Big East, eighth right now at Ken Palm. And then these three straight Big 12 losses to start conference play at Iowa State. We were just starting to learn at that point how legitimately good Iowa State is. And then a home loss, but it's TCU yeah. who is starting to come back around after a rough start. And then Kansas State, same kind of thing, picked dead last preseason in the Big 12 poll. Now they have sole possession of first place in this conference. And so I I look at those five losses and I'm like, you know what? That ain't too shabby, right? Like those are legitimate and understandable losses. But since that time, Baylor has reeled off now five straight, albeit before the first four of that, before Kansas, West Virginia, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, in Oklahoma. And you look at those and you're like, well, yeah, those are probably the four worst teams in the conference, but you want them. And then, then you turn around and you beat Kansas at home. What has kind of flipped things for Scott Drew's team? Nothing, nothing. And that's, that's something that I've had to come to terms with is this is the nature of the big 12. I Mm -hmm. don't know if I truly understood that until Bill self took the podium last night and was given the exact same question, Bill, you've lost three games. What is happening? And he said, look, it'd be different if we lost three games and the sky is falling. We're playing bad. We've lost three games in the big 12. This is just the nature of the league. Uh, Scott drew lost three games, one in Hilton Coliseum where nobody wins ever. At one against a TCU team that just beat Kansas by 20 at, at Allen Fieldhouse. And one to a Kansas State team who's the number one team in the Big 12. That's just the nature of this league. And Baylor got those three teams stacked in their first three games. So looking back at those, and even if you, if you follow Shot Quality, which is one of my favorite analytics sites, Shot Quality had a couple of those as projected wins for Baylor. Wow. It's just a matter of, in the Big 12, these games where you find the shots that are open and you should make, you're not always going to make them and the other team will. And that's the that was the nature of the beast at the time. So what's different now? Absolutely nothing. It's the same Big 12, and Baylor might go on another three-game losing streak, but welcome to every night, every night in this conference. There is no, there is no Louisville. There is no Cal. There is no any of that. It is the Big 12, and and we've had to come to terms with that. And that's such a good reminder, Drake, for the for the record-looking crowd. There are so many 
and understandably so, casual college basketball fans who look at a 10-5 Baylor team and say, oh, they must not be good. But when you start digging into what those five losses are, as we just have, and you start looking at Big 12 play, as you said with Kansas, like looking at this three-game losing streak for them, it's at Kansas State in overtime. Okay, yeah. fine. It's home to TCU over the weekend. Now, granted, they got blasted in that game. And then this game that we're talking about right now against Baylor. Now, for, for Kansas, it ain't about to get any easier. They got to go to Kentucky yeah. this weekend, who's starting to figure stuff out. And then the three-game stretch after that, home against Kansas State, at Iowa State, home against Texas. There is a legitimate world where yeah, Kansas yeah. could find themselves losers of seven in a row or five out of seven or whatever it may be. Keep in mind, Bill Self has never in his now, this is his 20th year at Kansas, in two decades at Kansas, never had a four-game losing streak. And in fact, he's only had four three-game losing streaks. Yeah. There's a very real possibility that Kansas could be facing that on Saturday at Kentucky. But when you think about Kansas, I mean, their only other loss is a neutral side at Tennessee, who is mm -hmm. also one of the top teams in the nation. As you've just said, the Big 12 is insane. Now, thankfully, the selection committee is is not Johnny Q average record looker. They're getting into the weeds and the minutia on all this to see quality of game, quality of loss. And that's what puts a three-game losing streak for Kansas, a three-game losing streak for Baylor in a good spot. I mean, are, are you feeling good about like, I mean, for, for Baylor, you look at the rest of this schedule. What what do you think is is a good, hopeful projection for how Baylor can do down the stretch of the season? Yeah, Baylor's five and three in the Big Twelve. That's oh. that's a lot better than I thought they would be when they were 0 and three in the Big Twelve. I didn't know they'd rattle off five in a row. Uh and so you're you go from staring down the barrel of wow, does Baylor finish eight and ten in the Big Twelve? And you know, are they still like a top five seed there? Now you're you're more comfortable with the idea of Baylor winning 12 games in conference play. Um, and, and 12 and six in the Big 12 puts you on the line of being a, a top three seed in this tournament. I, I think they 100%. still would be – you'd be a two or a three seed if you look at the strength of schedule in the Big 12. Um, the Big 12 may play itself. It may eat itself alive to the point where there's only one or, or no – uh, one seeds coming out of of the league, but that's going to be the nature of of every team in this conference should end up with five losses in league play. So Baylor, best case scenario is is thirteen and five in Big Twelve play, and and I say worst case in air quotes here is 10, 10 and eight, which is still putting you in the Big Twelve as a top five seed in the NCAA tournament because that's what this league is. Baylor could be a ten and eight conference team that goes to the Final Four, and I wouldn't be shocked in the slightest. Not at all. Let me let me put it to you this way, Drake. Let me get your take on this. The Big Twelve champion over under Big Twelve regular season champion, I should say, mm -hmm. over under six conference losses. Oh, here's why I'd say under. Let me and go I, five and a half. How about five that? Five and a half. I'm going to say under five and a half. I'm going to put it right at five. I'm going to okay. put it right at five losses. Um, I, I think there's going to be one team who doesn't get lucky, but I, Kansas State, for example, has won enough games in the front end of their schedule to be put in a good spot to only lose five. I, I still won't be shocked if it's six for sure, but I put that number at five right now, 13 and five for the big 12 champion, uh, which is still nuts by the way, 13 and five is still pretty crazy for your regular season champion. But again, nature of this league. So give me, give me five losses for the big 12 champion, but don't be shocked when it's six. 
Okay. And as for Baylor, listen, by virtue of beating Kansas tonight, they're technically tied at five and three in the conference, but have that tiebreaker. And so Mm -hmm. Baylor's in fourth place, just two games out in the loss column behind Kansas state. And so listen, there is a very real possibility that we could find ourselves in March and Baylor could be the big 12 regular season champion. What a wild Mm. and wacky story that would be. Now we look ahead just briefly, Drake, I want to get your take. I love that the big 12 and the sec continue to do this late January crossover earlier this season. We would have looked at this matchup with Arkansas coming up on Saturday and said, man, that is a tough game, a fun guard game. Yeah. But but Arkansas, man, has suffered some big injuries. Trayvon Brazil's out for the season. Nick Smith Jr., we don't know if we'll see him yeah. again until yeah. Arkansas has hit some tough strides. They've lost, man, what is it now? Four out of their last five, five out of their last seven. And so the this game has lost some luster, but it's still a great crossover. What are you hoping for in this step out of Big 12 play on Saturday? Yeah, Saturday's a good bit a good bit away, which is good for some rest for these guys because they they need it. But for for the talking heads, we'll be I'll be previewing this game all week because I born and raised in Valonia, Arkansas, with an Arkansas license plate behind me. Uh, it certainly means a little bit more to yours truly. And the the reason Baylor wins this game likely by double digits is because they're not playing Maui, Arkansas. If they were playing Maui, Arkansas, you're looking at a team in the SEC with five or more wins already. Uh, they instead are playing Nashville, Arkansas. Uh, that Arkansas Vanderbilt game on the road was to me pretty, pretty postcard for what you're going to get out of Arkansas at this point in the season. They're not going to play very well on the road because they are so young and their athleticism has been docked by injuries. So this is not a team that scares me very much at all. Uh, They haven't done enough in SEC play at all to scare me either. And I think they're going to get a tight one against LSU tonight. So I, I just, there is nothing about this Arkansas team yet Eric Musselman has this this uncanny knack for starting slow and then finding a way to start winning games down the stretch and making a run in March. I think they do it, but not yet. They're, they need some kind of click, but I don't think it happens in Waco. All right, we will have our eyes peeled to this Big 12 SEC matchup coming up on Saturday. My co-host Andy Patton will have a big, fat preview of that on Friday show. Drake Toll, thanks so much for joining us today on Locked on College Basketball. That was Isaac Shade from the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Go check him out for more full scope of college basketball. Good dude. Just a good dude. Likes Baylor, too, by the way. Uh, Scott Drew, what do you think about that win? KU, you beat him again. You're getting too good at this. Too easy. Scott, take it away. Well, it's it's always an honor and privilege uh, being uh, on Big Monday. Uh, and the longer you coach, the more appreciation you have for opponents and I mean, you look at uh, the last three years, us in Kansas, the winningest Power Five programs in the country, and uh, last two national championships. And when you beat them, you have to beat them. Uh, they're not going to beat themselves. And uh, really proud of our guys. I mean, we shot 28% second half and found a way to win. Uh, really proud of how we competed on the glass, how we took care of the basketball. Um, we got a culture of joy, and when things get tough, uh, 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 Adam, uh, Flo, and John do a great job making sure everyone uh, uh, stays together uh, and controls what they can control and competes. And uh, blessed to coach uh, uh, guys that uh, care like that. Obviously, when we were 0 3, 
Um, people want to know what changed. I mean, it was two one-possession games, so it wasn't like we were terrible. But uh, uh, credit the, uh, the upperclassmen for doing a great job. And um, I thank God every night when we don't have any injuries because we've had a nice string where we haven't had anyone out. And it's a blessing when you can practice and get better and when you can have some consistency. Yeah, I'm really excited for him. Uh, he's worked really hard. Everyone knows him. He's a really hard worker. But I mean, they think he's his second year in college, but he tore the ACL and didn't have any, I mean, it was in October, rehabbed, recovered, didn't get cleared for contact till September, October. So he's behind all the freshmen coming in because he didn't even have the summer. So uh, I know uh, uh, he's worked really hard. And I, I knew after semester um, in, in December, January, he started to move a lot better. And I knew uh, this semester he would, he would have some good basketball in him. And he'll just get better from here. I think I think we fed off the crowd's energy, and I mean, when you play three out of four on the road, you're a little tired, and it's, it's Big Monday, which is is coming off Saturday. It's quick turnaround. I thought the crowd uh, uh, was tremendous, and that really helped us have the intensity we needed. And I mean, both teams were 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 making it tough, switching everything, and. Um, we did a great job uh, uh, identifying opportunities to drive, and our guards have gotten a lot better at that uh, uh, since the beginning of the year. Definitely, you got to get the crowd involved, and uh, there's nothing worse than having a great crowd and never get them involved. So, uh, I thought the, the start was important. Scott, you mentioned a while ago that rebounding was something your team needed to emphasize. You've only been out rebounding one. In the Big 12 games you've played so far, what's clicked? Uh, players uh, uh, buying in um, and really competing, working hard to get better. Um, John's practiced a little bit too, and his physicality makes everybody compete a little bit harder. Uh, if you're not blocking out, he'll knock you over. <laughs> Scott, they, they switched five tonight. Mm -hmm. um, that's not something they typically do mm -hmm. through a whole game. Yeah, they did a good job at it too. Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, when you're switching everything, then you're then you're more taking advantage of matchups, and um, our guards have gotten better at it. We need to still keep improving at it, um, but that, that that was something that uh, uh, we knew they would do some of it. Obviously, not that much, but the way we started, um, we're the exact same way. We're going to change if something's not working. No, I, I, I know Bill's going to do whatever it takes to win. Doesn't matter who they're playing, and he's a great coach, and that's why uh, you got to beat them. And um, no matter who he's playing, he, he's going to he'll put them in positions to be successful. And again, it's really gratifying when you do win because you know you've you've had to earn it. Scott, how big was Jalen? 
Huge. Uh, he's been great. Uh, he's put in a lot of work. But his offensive rebounding, um, taking care of the basketball. I mean, he had nine boards tonight, 11 and nine. His efficiency shooting, three for six. He makes free throws, three assists, one turnover. We get three assists, one turnover every game out of him. I mean, he's a low turnover guy, but the three assists was great too. Scott, uh, seems like you guys are figuring out different ways to win. Does it seem that way to you? It's not the same way. In, 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 in the Big 12, teams are too good. Coaches are too good. Players are too good. And it's hard to have on nights every night, and everybody's got defensive schemes to shut down different people. So, and everyone's got some elite defenders, and you need other people to step up. I thought LJ really gave us a great lift first half, and uh he got some good looks, um, credit his teammates getting them open and finding them, but then he made some tough shots and tough plays too. Uh, Scott, in the first half, Langston stopped that lob attempt by KU. What was kind of working for him there that he snipped out that play and stopped it? We just want him to be active. <laughs> so I think, I, I mean, Langston's a great athlete uh, and his explosivity and um, his, his motor's been able to get a lot better uh, after the first couple weeks in the season. Um, I mean, for a while there, he just wasn't moving real well, and now he's 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 getting a lot more uh, um, athletic. And he has, he, as you saw in his drives, he can he can finish, he can elevate, um, and and we need that because he's a bigger guard for us. Scott, interesting. You know, you're not about the top ten Kansas team at home, and the students don't feel the need to storm the court. What does that say about where this program's Yeah, we, I don't know what we, what it would take to get a, stork, or a storming of the court now because, um, I mean, you win 23 in a row, 19 in a row, 21 in a row, been ranked number one. So, I mean, I think, I think our students have helped with all of that, so they deserve a lot of credit, and we're very thankful for that. Uh, at the same time, uh, uh, our players have done a great job in establishing the winning tradition. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, I thought that was big. Our bench outscoring them thirteen to two, and our bench had uh, is, is getting better and better. And uh, you need to have that. I mean, you look at the last couple of years. I mean, shoot, last year we had LJ on the bench, Jeremy Sohan on the bench, and Jonathan Chamuchacha on the bench. So, like, as a coach, eeny, meeny, miny, mo, let's go. I mean, that's that's a great bench. So, um, we're, we're we're developing that rotation again in depth, which is great. Yeah, it's an emphasis every game for us, but uh, we're we're better at it today. Yeah, I thought uh, uh, his stat line doesn't show a lot, but the the big number it shows is plus eleven, and uh, in twenty six minutes, um, that's the biggest thing that stands out. And at the end of the day, that's what it's about winning. I I think just early on maybe they're a little rattled and then, then we uh 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 backed out of it. It's it's uh I mean in big Monday games you don't want to give up easy ones and uh they schematically they're always gonna put their guys in position to 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 break stuff and then you don't want to give up a three. So um we pick and choose our times. That was Scott Drew about beating Kansas. Come back tomorrow. Um, I'm excited still that Baylor beat Kansas. This gets it's late that I'm recording this. Uh, we're going to talk about R.J. Martinez tomorrow. 
John Garcia Jr. joins the show. RJ is Baylor's new quarterback. This has been Don't Miss It. Locked on. Thanks for making it your first listen every single day. Baylor.